Hello there, and welcome to the Lutheran Diaconal Association's series on the five images of the diaconate. We are so glad that you are here today to learn a little more about what it means to be a deacon or a deaconess. The images of the diaconate were developed by a scholar by the name of Antonia Lynn in an article she wrote from the book, The Deacon's Ministry. But the definitions I want to share with you today are interpreted by LDA Deaconess and Emeritus Executive Director, our most beloved E. Louise Williams. Today, in this podcast, we get to hear from a deacon or a deaconess about their work and how it reflects one of the five images. But first, let's start with a quick definition of one of those images. Light bearer. This kind of diaconia is about having the light, bearing the light, being the light, and shedding light. It is about knowing that what we see is not what we get. This diaconia spans the whole spectrum from washing feet on bended knee to standing on tiptoes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hello, Deaconess Rayanne. Hello. <laughs> um, my friend and at some point a classmate. We're, we were in class. Yes. Yeah, we were in yes. formation together. So, mm -hmm. and you were consecrated in 2017, December, I think it was, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was consecrated in September. So, um, you know, we have these diaconal images, um, there are five of them, mm -hmm. and um, they are an amazing way to illustrate what it means to be a part of the diaconate, what it means for yes. not just us as deacons and deaconesses to be in the diaconate, but what it is to have the church be in a diaconal call into the world. Mm -hmm. And so one of those images is light bearer. And yes. um just a little while ago, we heard about what that the definition of what light bearer is, according to um, Executive Director Emeritus E. Louise Williams, her definition of that. Mm -hmm. But I want to hear from you, Deacon Esran. Tell me how your ministry in a school setting, a public school setting, mm -hmm. which not a public, not pub I am in a Christian school. Oh, you are okay. That is very important yes. to know. Yes. <laughs> in a Christian school setting, working with mm -hmm. children with um, learning differences, correct? Mm -hmm. How yes. does that work reflect that image of light bearer for you? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, the light bearer, I mean, all of the images just resonate with me. Mm -hmm. But in my current calling, the light bearer is so predominant that I even used it in my website name, Lightbearer Learning. I mean, it just mm. says it all. Mm. And it's layered. So you have the obvious, we're shining the light of Christ into a dark and broken world. Mm -hmm. But that's just scratching the surface. Mm -hmm. Lightbearer to me is all about shining not only our own light but helping others to find their light mm -hmm. and helping to bring that out mm -hmm. 
helping to shed light on what are the injustices in mm -hmm. our current system? Mm -hmm. Where does educational reform need to happen? Mm -hmm. um, especially when it comes to students with not only disabilities, but economic challenges with um, racial challenges, all of it. Because the research does show that during those school years, bias from gender, race, ability, economics, all of it is cumulative. Hmm. So if you are a young black male with a disability who comes from a low income area, you have all the cards stacked against you. Yeah. And these poor kids are getting suspended and expelled from preschools. Wow. That bias that is so ingrained. Yeah. So shining the light on the system as a whole, bringing that prophetic voice mm -hmm. to wherever God plants us is huge. Mm-hmm. So it is something that we do on an individual level. I'm going to work with this kid so he knows he's not a bad kid. But I'm also going to work for overall institutional reform. Yes, amen. And systemic change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it is multifactored. And early on that first year, I did a Bible lesson on the story of Joseph. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that story. I've always identified it with it myself. So we go through all of it. We watch the movie. We do all kinds of activities. At the end of the week, I tell the kids, draw me, and these were third graders, draw me what you remember from the story of Joseph. Mm -hmm. In a class of 24 children, mm -hmm. All but one drew Joseph in the pit or in jail because that's what they identified with. Yeah. Talk about an eye opener. I was shocked. Wow. That is what really got me focused on, okay, they've already identified as being a bad kid. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. This whole class. Mm -hmm. How can I bring that light out in them? How can I help them to see their own strengths, mm -hmm. their own goodness, their own abilities? Um, but yeah, that, that was the moment where I really understood yeah. the power and the need for light bearing. We are, I think, over 80% Title I mm -hmm. students, so we're primarily low income. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of our students fall below the 50th percentile in terms of their academics. Mm -hmm. uh, we are almost half Hispanic. Mm -hmm. I think another 20% black and a lot of mix, mm -hmm. a lot of everything. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of these kids come in without having 
what we would assume mm-hmm. a child coming into school would have as a foundational background and knowledge. Yeah. In terms of, you know, just simple, not even thinking about alphabet or numbers, but even just behavior, being able to know how to play, being able to know how to interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of disadvantages. Yeah. I spoke with um, Deaconess uh, Diana Ilchi uh, a couple nights ago, mm-hmm. and you know she was in uh, she was placed in public schools for a mm-hmm. lot of her ministry. Mm-hmm. But one thing that she said was interesting was she wanted to hear from you. So I'm going to get you to put this in 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 uh, recording. Uh, I love Diana. I know she wanted to know uh. if you felt like having that prophetic voice also comes with mm-hmm. a cost. Yes. Mm. You know, because again, we are often the ones that if you are going to be assertive mm-hmm. in utilizing your prophetic voice, mm-hmm. there's always that risk of conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, and I do struggle. Yeah. Mm. Um, even within our own community, mm-hmm. wondering, oh, do I should I mention this or not? Yeah. Because again, when you're dealing with prophetic voice and you're dealing with light bearing, mm-hmm. you're dealing with implicit bias. Okay. It's not an overt no. bias, but it's so ingrained. Mm-hmm that even our own community, mm-hmm. when we look at how people learn yes. education, well, we've been tied to the university system for so long mm-hmm. that we still utilize those, you know, patriarchal systems. Sure. It is the majority of education in America mm-hmm. is white Eurocentric based. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not research-based. If we come from the neuroeducational side of it, how do people learn? It's a whole different Mm ballgame. The problem is because we've been taught it and because it seems to make sense, Mm. Mm. we still want to go with the traditional. It seems to make sense. And I'm it seems to make sense. So when we look at, I'm, I'm going to call on our own community. Yes. Just because I'm, I'm going to jump out on a limb and do this. Okay. I love, love, love that we are striving to transform ourselves into a more diverse community mm-hmm. and address anti-racism. Okay. Now we think that we address that by addressing anti-racism, mm. but that's not really the case. Mm. That's the traditional way of learning mm-hmm. is topic-based, mm-hmm. right? But do you treat a cancer by treating the symptoms? Mm. Oh. If you don't cut out the tumor, mm. it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And if you only treat this symptom, will it also address this symptom over here? Mm-mm. No, mm-hmm. we have to cut out the tumor. Yeah. Okay. When it comes to bias, it's the same way. Mm-hmm. If we're doing it topic based, we're only addressing that topic. 
we are not addressing the underlying mindset, the neural pathways, the the deep-seated, how did we get here mm. at a personal level? Because mm. see, it's, it's safe to do the topic-based. We're talking about systemic. We're talking about, out well, you know, there. we need to do this as a whole. Okay, but you need, need to change the personal mindset. Mm-hmm. Our individual neural pathways that automatically kick in to respond in certain ways. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, so let's say we address that issue of bias as a whole. Mm-hmm. Then we not only create anti-racists, but we are also less ableist, less ageist, exactly. less, you know, it, it affects the whole thing because we've dealt with the root problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I will commend the LDA mm-hmm. because they did have me come out last year and work with the students yes. on some of the principles of the cultural, res- you know, responsiveness. Mm-hmm. And so that. They actually went through some of the self-reflection pieces mm-hmm. that I utilized to teach that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was kind of a, a quick workshop, but it was still a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But part of that light bearing is even, again, calling your own tribe. Mm-hmm. It's easy to comment on somebody else's tribe mm-hmm. to say, well, those people dot, 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 mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The hard part, the risk in using that prophetic voice is in speaking to your own tribe. Yeah. And speaking to and yourself. saying, no, yes, yes. Yeah. This is where we need to be. This is the direction we need to go in. Mm-hmm. And what I love about our community is that, yes, we do agree that we think differently. We mm-hmm. are different. And we can have difficult discussions and still love each other. Exactly. And still be in community. Yeah. Um, And I think there's a lot of that missing in the wider culture. So that's just another opportunity for light bearing is to model that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's hard to think differently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Once we have a neural pathway set. Mm Mm-hmm. It's very hard to change that, but we know we can change that. Yeah. Yeah. But it takes intentional hard work Mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah. Um, What do you think about this part of uh, Louise's definition of light bearer? The last part says uh, the light bearer, bearer spans the whole spectrum from washing feet on bended knee to standing Mm -hmm. on tiptoe. I think you just mentioned that earlier. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, we, part of, and again, part of a discussion I had, um, with some of our sisters Mm -hmm. during one of our conferences, I think we were reflecting on the language of our documents moving forward but even how we talk about the people on the margins. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, they're only on the margins if you're comparing them to, you know, a certain system. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So just labeling them as being on the margins is a paternalistic mindset mm-hmm. that we don't realize we're doing. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. So based on again, whose margins are we? Right. Whereas the measure. Right. right. Mm hmm. So because that's a relative thing. Mm hmm. So of course, to truly be a light bearer, you need to span from bended knee to tiptoe because it's inclusive. Mm. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. You can't be inclusive and only address certain people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's hard to be inclusive. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but again, it's easier once you make that mindset change. Mm -hmm. Because if you then stop thinking at the surface topic level, you're going deeper to the conceptual level. Oh, well, you know what? We may be different up here, mm -hmm. but there's some commonalities down here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If we can start to see each person's aspect of being made in the image of God. Yes. When we can see the light in anyone we encounter, mm -hmm. then inclusivity is a natural byproduct of that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. You know, I've uh, in, in my um, recruitment process, I've spoken to different mm -hmm. people who are interested. And I've had more than a handful of people say to me, well, I have a learning disability or I've never been good in school. These are adults. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or I've never. There's a lot of them. Yeah. And it's it fright. It, it literally a woman said to me, that's my barrier from going into mm -hmm. from following this call. She yeah. knows she's called to diaconate. Mm -hmm. And I said, don't let that be a barrier. No, do not let that be a barrier. Yeah. But I say also that, do you feel like that could be something, a question that in our formation process and our education process should be front and center mm -hmm. when we talk with people yeah. coming on board? Could that also work with adults? You know, absolutely. Because we have a couple generations. Mm -hmm who really came to hate school. Mm -hmm. So there, there was a change in the field of education back in the 80s, mm -hmm. early 90s. Mm -hmm. And that push for that academics harder and earlier, yes. which is not developmentally appropriate, no. by the way. And everybody should go to college. That was and, kind of this. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. that's that was the ridiculous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But again, that paternalistic, white Eurocentric model. Mm -hmm. That's what you do. Mm -hmm. That's, it was very positivist. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So in the, in the field of education, you have the positivist and the constructivist models. Mm -hmm. Positivist is there's one right answer. Okay. So if I give you a test, it's going to be very fact-based. Mm -hmm. It's going to be, okay, one right answer. Everything else is wrong. Mm -hmm. Constructivist is we're going to, you're going to build your own learning. Mm -hmm. You're going to construct uh -huh. your own growth. Yeah. Okay. What we teach our teachers here at Excel in the classroom, if you look at the research, the best blend, the best mix, it's only 20% positivist and 80% constructivist activity. Ah, that's yeah. the formula. Mm -hmm. That's the formula. Mm. It's very hard for teachers. Yeah. 
because teachers want to have the control they want to but if you spoon feed facts rather than allow the student to discover the answers mm -hmm. the learning doesn't run as deep yeah 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 mm. Well, thank you for that. I think that definitely as we continue, um, I always learn so much from you. I've sat through a couple of your presentations, but this is a reminder in how we can, as the staff in, in our formation and education process, become those light bearers and really help mm -hmm. people to answer the call basically yeah. answer that call. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's okay. I mean, cause our, our formation is portfolio based. Yes. Yeah. So what if they record a video talking about a topic instead of writing a paper? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But why can't they do yeah, that? But what I love is that we need to ask the question first. Yeah. Yeah. To help them. We need to let them know that it's safe mm -hmm. to go through our program. Yes. That our program is experiential mm -hmm. and formative. Yep. Absolutely. And that where they are academically, we can get around that. Yep. Amen. We can work with that. Amen. Yeah. yeah. But providing that safe place mm -hmm. is huge. It is. Because it when you have any form of neurodiversity mm -hmm. at this point in our cultural development, yes. I hope it won't always be this way, yeah. but at this point, it does not take much to trigger the anxiety. Yes. Amen. Okay. Yep, absolutely. I've seen that from the horrible, I have, traumatic experiences yeah. they've experienced in school be, before. It's horrible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, I, I teach our children and our teachers the polyvagal theory. Mm. Okay. There are only three possible neural states depending on what our brain is doing. Mm -hmm. We are either safe and connected. Mm -hmm. If we're safe and connected, we can learn, we can grow, everything's great. If our sympathetic nervous system gets triggered, we, we launch into fight or flight. Mm -hmm. And it's much harder to learn and comprehend mm -hmm. and process. Mm -hmm. If we feel very threatened and we get that dorsal vagal neural response, we shut down mm -hmm. completely. Yeah. And you're not getting anywhere. Yeah. So in my resource room, I'm looking at them right now on the board. I have three pictures. Mm -hmm. I have a puppy being held. That's our safe and connected. Mm -hmm. I have the hissing cat, mm -hmm. fight or flight. Mm -hmm. And I have the turtle with everything pulled in. Mm -hmm. And that's your shutdown. And even little kindergartners can tell me which one mm -hmm. they are. Yeah. 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 When I asked one of our more neurodiverse um, high school classes last year, I said, you know, how many of you actually feel like you're the puppy at least 75% of the time? Mm -hmm. Nobody Never. raised their hand. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So, but if we know that, mm -hmm. we can ask ourselves, what do I need to do yeah. to manage my own energy and my own expectations mm -hmm. to make it safe for people to feel that safe and connected place? Yeah. So that they can learn. Yeah. Yeah. They can, yeah. yeah. I, I literally have students that will just come in my room mm. and they'll say, I just, I just need to come in here and be comfortable for a minute. Yeah. It's a safe place. Yeah. yeah. It is. And they know that. Mm -hmm. 
And that's what we need to be as a community. Amen. Absolutely. Well, Rayanne, it's always wonderful. I'm not going to keep you too long because I want you to be able to get your end of school year uh, activity <laughs> or classroom cleaned up, whatever you have to do. But I just mm. always loved I could listen to you all day long. And I, um, uh, I do. I hear you and I really want to further utilize your uh, your knowledge and your expertise and your courage to be light bearer as we move forward as a community and with our um, and with the people who come to us and trust mm -hmm. us to help them form. You know, as you say that, mm -hmm. an image just popped into my head and I hadn't thought about it this way before. And this is why this is why I like talking to each other. Yeah. You know, yeah. When you think about light bearing, you strike that match, create that friction to start the light. Ah. But then the light continues. Yeah. And it yes, it's scary at first. Yes, there's friction at first. Mm -hmm. But once we get the fire going, we have to strike it. Yeah. We can, but yeah, you've got that mm -hmm. friction at first. But it's it's I I have found that once I started to really intentionally learn about these issues, mm -hmm. it kept feeding the fire. Mm -hmm. The more I engage in workshops and these discussions, the more it feeds the fire. Yeah. Yeah. And we all benefit from your fire. Rayanne, we really do. Well, you all helped to feed the fire. <laughs> you know, if I didn't have a, a supportive community that understood the importance of inclusion mm -hmm. and and justice and equity, it would my fire would fizzle. Yeah. You know, you all help me keep my fire going. Yeah. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to learn a little more about what it means to be a deacon or a deaconess. If you are feeling called to the diaconate after hearing this or hearing all five of the images and want to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with an LDA deacon or deaconess, or perhaps you're discerning how your ministry could benefit from having a deacon or a deaconess in your congregation, you can find us at thelda.org or reach out to me, Deaconess Adrian. My info is in the show notes. Sending you Phoebe love. Bye-bye for now.